This is the Video Junkyard Podcast. A place that appeals to your deepest and darkest fantasies. The dead whose haunted souls hunt the living. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. From this nightmare world emerges a fearsome half-man, half-ape with the strength of 20 demons. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a wonderful new episode of the Video Junkyard Podcast. I am uh, one of the hosts, Ryan Seiskel, and with me, whether they like it or not, are Joe Peterson and Eric O'Branson. Gentlemen, how are you doing this evening? Pretty good. Of course we like it. We're we're here. (laughs) I mean, you guys started this mess. (laughs) Yeah, we better like it. This is where I really wish I I remembered Morse code where I could tap on the microphone, help, he won't let us leave. But But I can't, so I won't. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. uh, He's holding my family hostage. He just set a bunch of fucking gunpla gunpla model kits around our house and just started blaring the Spice Girls for some reason. Uh, oh god, yes. I forgot about that part until I rewatched it. <laughs> yeah. I'm keeping it thematic with the episode with the with the side things. Yeah. Anything new with you guys? Not, not a whole lot. Not so. really. Which is kind of nice. I'm yeah, waiting, I'm waiting for that to change. But yeah. I got one more week of oh, school well. left. Like a week from tomorrow, it'll be my last. Then I'm done. I'm looking forward to the fu- the two weeks. I it's like vacation. Like the two weeks when I'm off of school and my kids are still going to school. Like mm-hmm. that's like gonna yeah. Because once they're off for the summer, then I'm you know then we're just full time parent yep. again. So See, which is which is fine. I'm looking forward to that too as well. But similarly, I just remembered today that there's only a week left of school for yeah. university. So which is. Kind of explains why when I do go into my department, go into the office, like everybody seems grumpy. I'm like, what are you guys? What's yeah. your problem? I've been sitting at home working on shit at my own pace. <laughs> oh, that's right. This is hell week. Printing stuff on the 3D printer. I'm making stuff on the 3D printer while I look at Camptosaurus bones. Da, 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 da. You know, yeah, a little bit different, but I know that feeling. It's, well, I've had a semester of it, but the looking forward to that like okay the kids are in school and i've got no responsibilities right now all right no <laughs> i can fuck yep. around in the yard if i want to which i'm hoping to do soon but it's been so that's probably cold. what i'll end up doing with most of my free time so yeah projects that i haven't had time to do uh-huh. yep. yep yeah <laughs> the joys of adulthood right i mean yeah i've been on quite the long summer vacation one could say and in that time frame, in the past few well, past month, I picked up the you know model building mm-hmm. Gundam hobby, uh, which I we brought up, and it's very on point with today's episode. Actually, I, I think that's a good segue into it. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So if you guys haven't already noticed, is that we reviewed 1998 small soldiers created by science one is programmed to hide monsters shouldn't be hiding you should be out fighting commandos the gorgonites are peaceful we mean no harm the other destined to fight commandos attack major chip hazard wants a war give him a war this fall you're not going out there you have to trust me their battle we must help alan comes to video for you to own small soldiers let's roll some armor we got us a war to win um, so Small Soldiers was a, uh, like I said, a 1998 movie, um, action comedy directed by Joe Dante, and it stars Kirsten Dunst, Gregory Smith, along with the voices of Frank, help me. Lagella? Langella? Lagella. Yeah, I didn't want to say what was in my head. for <laughs> Lagella <laughs> and uh, Tommy Lee Jones. It depicts two factions of toys which turn sentient after being programmed with a military microprocessor, putting two families in danger when one faction ultimately turns lethal. Yeah, nothing like chat GPT at all. No. Yet. Yeah. 
yet yeah yet yeah. is the operative term so. uh what is your guys's history with this film joe um i actually think i saw this one in theaters um 98 i think this that i may have seen this when i was down visiting my mom in florida for part of the summer and while she was at work i'd go to movies yeah. um and so i think i saw this one and remember liking it a lot um I, I even in high school like i was into different directors and stuff and joe dante was was one that i really liked and yeah this is kind of an update of gremlins in a way yeah in and, a and lot that, of I like, ways i like that about it we'll talk more about that i'm sure yeah but, um, easter eggs but yeah so this is one that i remember um I remember the promotions at Burger King for it, and there were toys all over the shelves. I was it was ninety eight, so I wasn't buying a lot of action figures. Well, not for this, um, but uh, yeah, I remember it being a, a pretty big movie. Uh, what about you, Eric? I didn't see it when it was brand new, but I do remember the promotional stuff, and I remember the controversy, which is kind of funny going back and looking uh-huh. at it now. That this film was very controversial at the time. Um, I might have been part of that controversy given my age at this time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, considering Joe, Joe Dante has said a hundred times that he thinks they re- like they really neutered the movie, pulled and pulled back from a lot of what they originally had, what the original pitch had been, and what they had originally greenlit for like a. a it, it did end up with that PG thirteen rating, but more of a solid PG thirteen film uh, aimed at like the teenage audience rather than. Um, what they tried to sell it as but yeah. uh, I, I remember I even remember the retraction cards or not retraction cards but the warning cards that came with the Burger King toys because um, I think I had a few of the little fast food toys but there's mm-hmm. a little card that came with it that said like these toys are appropriate appropriate for everyone but not everything in the movie small soldiers would is up for is for all audiences or something which made it like ooh, this movie sounds interesting <laughs> like, yeah all of a sudden yeah. so I, I... Uh, some reverse marketing there but uh... well and I I wonder how much of that is some backlash that was reverberating from, well, it was a couple years before, but when um, when Batman Returns came out, and I think it was McDonald's had the Happy Meal toys, that was, yeah. I remember hearing people complain about it, like, this is not a movie for little kids. Um, yeah. And it really was I remember there's a few of them. <laughs> and it's funny because throughout the 80s, we had tons of promotions and cartoon shows and things aimed at kids. Yeah based on properties that were not appropriate for kids like that that was a thing yeah. we grew up on in our in our like young youth but this was this was a little later on um uh, it's technically the same thing and in fact after watching the movie it might even be tamer than some of those other mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah so ryan uh, ryan you would have been like the target audience for this well the, here's the thing yeah that's that's the thing i was eight <laughs> yeah uh and i yeah, the marketing for the toys and everything, the Burger King toys, the fucking toys on the shelf. Oh, yeah, this yeah. totally appealed to me, especially like I loved Toy Story. So I was just like, I was on board mm. with this. This movie for me was a childhood repeated film. Yeah. <laughs> um, And the violence actually did bother me. Like anytime, like uh, certain parts of violence, not in the way where I feel like, like oh i lost my shit more like just like same with Jurassic certain scenes of jurassic park when i was younger what i'm like oh that scene's coming up just just avert the eyes because i feel it yeah it's like when he's getting shot yeah. in the legs with the fucking like uh corn holders i'm like mm-hmm. ooh, not that <laughs> or anytime he got cut in the hand by one of the fucking toy soldiers like with the exacto knife one scene or with the fucking like kitchen cutter i guess i don't know what the yeah. fuck that was like but electric um knife yeah, something like that. And I'm like, it looked like a fucking Dremel with a, I don't know. Oh but, yeah. Yeah, it was a weird thing. But yeah, I I, mm-hmm. uh, I I imagine that must have been part of a torture scene that maybe was deleted. But it was one of those things where it's like that was it. I knew what's parts to skip, but everything else like I fucking enjoyed. Um, even still, when I rewatched this, I did the same thing. I'm like, ah, I'm gonna try to see if I can watch just watch it. And I watched it. I'm like, nope, still feel it. Uh, I watched mm-hmm. it, but I still feel it. Um, but yeah, when you mentioned the Burger King toys, I can tell you this much, like I did not read anything in my toys. I just enjoyed the fact that I had like, uh, <laughs> it was Insaniac. Insaniac. I, I had Insaniac. Yeah. Uh, I had the Insaniac <laughs> Burger King toy, but I also had the Archer, like the large, like scale size, uh, Archer toy. And I oh, cool. was very disappointed that it did not come to life because this is one of those few opportunities with toy stories. Like you yeah. don't know what magic is going on here, but here it's because there's a fucking microchip that's reality. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so therefore this thing that talks, 
I'm just waiting. Well, this yeah. this was just. I can't believe the toys for this marketing. didn't talk. Like that doesn't seem like. I mean, uh, that's how this movie's premise starts. Right. Yeah. It's just like I mean, it starts with Dennis Leary, uh, the head of a, a CEO, head of like a what is it? Um, a military. Global tech. Global or something? tech. Is that yeah. Global tech. Yeah, who buys a toy company because he just wants to fucking branch out. Uh, mm-hmm. And the two people that are left behind, played by... Jay Marr and David, David Cross. Cross. David yeah, Cross, Jay yeah. Moore. I knew David Cross. I couldn't think of the other guy, mm-hmm. who I know throughout the 90s, but never knew yeah. his fucking name. Uh, yeah. Because, again, I was eight. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 33 now, It doesn't, and I still don't know his name, but it's just like he didn't make a big impact. But David Cross, for sure, which David Cross, uh, playing a f- nerd... Um, which <laughs> a bald nerd with glasses, and I'm like, yeah, I can, I can. He, he kind of played the same character throughout the '90s, though. Throughout the '90s, which is big stretch for David Cross, like, which yeah. is completely <laughs> different than who he actually is, which is just a crude yeah. nerd man. Oh yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they pitch their toys to Leary, and you have the fucking action figure punch out of the fucking toy, voiced by Tommy Lee Jones. It was like, make it happen. And they made it happen. And, you know, that's yeah. one of the things I wanted to bring up is this. So th- this movie's got, like, the Gremlins-type theme to it. You know, these little Throughout, things. Yeah. In this case, you know, robot this... little toys wreaking havoc. Little things running around wreaking havoc. But it also really plays into this theme that we see in a lot of movies uh, where there's, like, military involved with toy manufacturing. Yeah. Kind of like that movie Toys. Like the movie Toys. There's actually a number of examples of this, but it all kind of goes back to the, there was a rumor, apparently, that, and I remember hearing this, apparently it was just a rumor, though, and not true, that in World War II, Mattel was making parts of, like, the M16. And I I guess the rumor started because that weapon, I read about this today in, in relation to this, that that weapon had some plastic parts to it, and that was kind of a new thing for the military, and soldiers would joke, yeah, they must have gotten toy companies to make this. Yeah, But it wasn't. They never did. So, But this kind of goes back. There's a number of films that kind of tie in with this, like, oh, you've got crazy toys, and it's because of the military. Yeah. You know? I think Child's Play even went there a little bit at some point, or one of those, another one of those like killer doll movies. Yeah, military um, yeah, don't don't you know, associate re- really with toys. They just stick mainly no. with Marvel movies and video well, games, yeah, like Call they of Duty. That's how they do their toy recruiting. toy guns and toy tanks. Back at this yeah. point, but yeah, um, but yeah, you mentioned just that this movie neat. has some some similarities to Gremlins, and I think it's 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 a little bit more than similarities. Like it's yeah. almost a it's almost a mirror film in a lot of at, ways. At I don't this point, ever... I'm pretty sure Dante only has like one flavor. Yeah. Well, this is the third say... Gremlins like movie. It is almost deliberately echoes Gremlins, like all throughout. Mm-hmm. Like even its main characters, the the characters played in this movie by Gregory Smith and and Kirsten Dunst, um, are similar to the you yeah. know uh, Zach Gilligan and uh, Phoebe, Phoebe Cates, Cates yeah. and, and Gremlins. I mean, it's very the the whole setup and everything just is very uh, similar. And I, I don't think it's necessarily derivative of Gremlins. I think it's an attempt to kind of capture that spirit. And I think in many ways it, it succeeds. It, it yeah. does a good yeah. job with that. But it definitely with the humor, the violence in a kids movie. Yeah, it's. Mm-hmm. I would say I, th- I suppose at this time it would have been like a update with more quote unquote modern. Yeah. Things and approaches probably, but I, I would say despite like the premise of you, you have tiny creatures run amok. Um, by the way, this is what I always enjoyed about these movies. Is is. Just the level of creativity of weapons of destructions based with household fucking objects is <laughs> yes. like, Mwah. and I can tell you that one of my favorite fucking things about the toys were the weapons that came with the action figures were like molds that were made to look like household items turned into weapons. Into, yeah. Which well, was the and, coolest and, fucking shit. Well, and, and speaking of designs, uh, so you've got the... The commando elite, who are the yep. soldiers, and then the gorgonites, who are the monsters. The... Originally monster explorers, but that was too Right, new. right. And, and so they end up combining them together, because there's going to be two separate toy lines. They end up combining them together and making the gorgonites the bad guys that the commando elite are always trying to fight. And that's like the plot line for, for the kids, right? Yeah. Right. Because um, the military... And has just to look, be always good, right? They they have to be the good guys. It's it's essentially GI Joe versus He Man. It's exactly is like that. What the Gorgonites yeah. were yeah. based or kind of inspired by for their designs. Which, if I have to compare the toy designs 
from Commando Elite to the Gorg- Gorgonites are so much more cool. <laughs> oh yeah, that's a yeah, total totally. opinion. Their designs are so much cooler. The but then again, I was never a big GI Joe fan. But they do the yeah. the Commando Elite do have some really disturbing designs for some of them too. They're well, I think they're meant to look a little a, scary. I mean, because yeah. they're they're they are the you know the villains of the movie, yeah. like the the monsters per se. Yeah, a lot of grimacing uh, well, and yeah, yeah. Well, they were clearly an homage to um, the Dirty Dozen, and in fact, they yeah the voice cast a lot of the yeah. voice cast is people. Bordine is from yeah. that. Yeah, he was yep. in the original one with I I believe. Like, they got as so. many as they could. They even had one that unfortunately passed away and had to be uh, yeah. re- like replaced. Um, but yeah. but the same goes for the voice cast for the Gorgonites, which is most of the fucking cast it's, from Spinal Tap. It's Spinal Tap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. So. And, and uh, along with that, I didn't know that until today, and I thought same. that was pretty funny. But um, when I saw the promo from this, I remember as a kid, and I saw some of the designs. Um, that one you mentioned, the, the purple dude, Insaniac, I thought yeah. was like the creepiest, coolest looking little monster here. Mm. And then in the movie, he's really annoying. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's just like a, a hyperactive stand-up. I was like, oh, God, it's so fucking annoying. As a yeah. kid who's eight years old, he's just he's just an eight-year-old kid. Yeah. Well, yeah, so the voice <laughs> cast in this is great. Sure. And then we, we mentioned a couple of, like, we, we mentioned uh, Jay Moore and... Uh, Dennis Leary, but this is a huge cast because yeah, it's early Kristen, oh. early Kristen Dunst. Yep, um, he plays the girl next door. Yep. Uh, uh, you also have uh, well, you, and Ryan, you mentioned some other Joe Dante regulars. Obviously, you can't have a a, a Joe Dante movie without Dick Miller. Dick Miller, yeah, yeah. who's got so, a, a more substantial part he in does, this than he yeah. in most things. It's a, more than a cameo. Yeah. Although in the Gremlins, as, as Mr. Futterman, he's got a substantial yep. role as well. Uh, but, Robert Picardo, yeah. and yep. oh, he also yeah. what what I love about that too is Robert Picardo's character, who was the original designer of the microchips, <laughs> the yeah, yep. Ralph Quist, and in the Howling, an early Joe Dante movie, he also he plays Eddie Quist, the main werewolf. <laughs> oh right. Yeah. I didn't I didn't put it together with the yeah. And I, I noticed knew Robert, it, and he yeah. was in it, but yeah. rewatching this I forgot he was in it, but when they're when Jay Moore is typing in the computer with yeah, the password gizmo, give me a fucking break. Um yeah. <laughs> I will mind you guys, I didn't know about any of the Gremlin connections until oh, today. Yeah. There's a bunch. Yeah. Oh, there's yeah. a bunch. Like yeah, I started to make but when I was eight years old I didn't know anything about it. No. Yeah. So yeah, I was gonna say this one. Seeing this as an older, I mean, I was I was still like a teenager, young teenager when it came mm-hmm. out. But um, as an older kid, having seen Gremlins many times, I still didn't pick up on it. It was only when I saw it like yeah. later on that I was like, oh, and I, knowing who Joe Dante was, uh-huh. and like then then realizing like, oh, the, these two films were made by the same filmmaker, and then it started to fall into place. Like, oh, hang on. These are very similar movies. Like they're yeah. kind of off point, but I wanted to bring up we were talking about the cast. This was Phil Hartman's last movie. It was. Um, it was last we're gonna, on screen yeah. appearance. So mm-hmm. we're going yeah. back. We we'll go back to that. I want to go back yeah. to the, the topic, which was. Yeah. So when you have people make the argument of why the fuck are they trying to do a reboot of a movie that we remember, and it's for for me at this time kids like me who didn't see those other movies, okay. but in this situation. It's a similar premise, but it's a completely different story, a different, completely different background. It's creative, but a similar premise where now it's just blatantly a reboot of certain things and it feels a little hollow. Yeah. This is not a remake in any way. Like it's just, it just, it, it, they echo each other. They're, they're, it's um, it's a genre in itself. Little things gone amok. It's, uh, kind of like the, the, it's kind of like the Cloverfield movies. I like, I believe it was. Well, J.J. Abrams described the Cloverfield movies as they're not sequels, but they're all like different rides in the same theme park. Yeah, and I could yeah. I could put this in there with Gremlins, you know, so, especially yeah, considering it's sure. Joe Dante's work, and he's always known for putting a ton of Easter eggs in stuff. I mean, I mentioned the Howling mm-hmm. with Robert Picardo. That's full of different werewolf movie Easter eggs. Gremlins. There's all sorts of other Joe Dante references oh, yeah. throughout it. Uh, and this has a ton of, well, mostly Gremlins references, though. Which, yeah. I, that was the I one thing like, I found I'll, kind of disappointing. I would probably it, do the same fucking you know, thing. It was it honest. was mostly that. And and it, it's hard not to compare 
the two films. And we did discuss Gremlins this past holiday season. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a ton of parallels. But one of the things that I feel worked a little better in Gremlins is you've got a lot of gags with the Gremlins dressing up as different types of people and, you know, especially the bar scene yeah. and the movie theater scene. Yeah. They're all dressed up as different things. And they did the same in Gremlins too, to a lesser amount of success. And in this one... There's a lot of gags with, between the Commando Elite and, and the Gorgonites. I'm mostly focusing on the Commando Elite here since they're kind of more of the gremlin type, while the Gorgonites are more like the Mogwai, you know? Yeah, yeah. the Mogwai. Yep. You know, they're the nicer ones. There's a ton of gags in here from the Commando Elite making references to them being toys. And yeah. it's a lot of puns. And it just doesn't hit the same way as, like... The flasher gremlin in the bar, you know, it's or the one chugging beer. It doesn't get the same effect for me. I I think it might have something to do with the fact that this had to be restructured for kids. Yeah, it felt like a lot of After Effect voiceover work in some of those jokes. Yeah, yeah, they're set off camera kind of thing. I do feel like in some ways, even though they did kind of scale this back, apparently. Um, in some ways, this is still a darker movie than Gremlins. Gremlins is more violent. It's a monster mm-hmm. movie. It's got a lot, you know, some, it's certainly got its moments of, uh, stuff that's not necessarily appropriate for young, young children. But I also feel like Gremlins has a kind of, like, like you said, a lot of the humor and stuff kind of makes it, makes it spark a little more appealing to kids. I'm not sure this one has that as much. I, not that it wouldn't be appealing to kids. I, I just don't think it's got the humor it doesn't have the it doesn't have the lighter side. This is I think Small yeah. Soldiers is a darker movie than Gremlins overall. Like I think it's uh, yeah. it's actually more yeah. of a horror movie in, in some ways maybe than even Gremlins is. But I, I I would love to have seen a director's cut of this. Yeah. 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 I think it'd be a very different movie. It's I assume it's one of those things that do, no longer none of that footage exists because I feel like there's enough interest in this as a kind of a cult movie that mm-hmm. it might have surfaced by this point. But I, you know, we point out the Gremlin references, but I would almost say this is kind of like a kid's version of Puppet Master. In yeah. some ways, no, actually, yeah. a lot of the effects in this and they're mm-hmm. better here uh, than mm-hmm. in. Yeah. Let me let me rephrase this. Some of the best effects works on the Puppet Master movie is very similar to the the uh, non-CGI or the practical effects in this film. Like, yes. it has the same feel to it. Yeah. So, I wanted so. to lean into that next segment of this, is that this this is one of those movies that they intentionally wanted to just use puppet work, but, like, mm-hmm. a, two-thirds of it is CGI. Uh, yeah. And they even said, like, at one point, it's just like, we just didn't have the time. It was simpler and cheaper. Um mm-hmm. And you can see it. At the time I saw this, in 98, it wasn't bad. No. Because, first off, you have plastic figurines, and CGI looked plastic anyways. But there are weird discrepancies with uh, Chip Hazard's eyes. Uh, you can tell when they're going between the two. Because um, the, the puppet has, like, darker eyes, because mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a mask over a fucking uh, marionette right but yeah. the, the cgi they just made his eyes always pop yeah uh, and it was like archer again... as well like when archer talks to alan as and it's the the maquette or the puppet yeah. it doesn't really move its mouth very much none of the gorgonites do but you can tell in the cgi because all of a sudden their fingers are moving and everything you know their mouths yeah. are moving they're more they're, animated yeah, they're more animated it, they, so they but... could almost dialed it back a bit I but think because it's interesting this... because I, to that point, like I think they look less like toys when they're computer animated. I think yeah. that's it what I mean. Looks yeah, better in the practical, like yeah. So, agreed, yeah. agreed. Yeah. I was just about, yeah. about to make the same point. Like mm-hmm. this is the opportunity where you can let the limitations of certain puppets be because it fits with what they are, toys. So, yeah. It, it's yeah. a great example of just because you can do it doesn't mean you know, a good old yeah. Jurassic Park line. They didn't yeah. think that they should. Yeah, just because you can make everything move on a CGI character, I mean, you got to think about, hey, these are supposed to look like toys. So I mean, you know, we should be thinking about how they're moving. <laughs> I mean, it's it's important that you brought up Jurassic Park because it's Jurassic Park is the whole reason that this shit happens. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and and in general, I agree with you that the CGI in this movie is pretty good. It even holds up now yeah. watching it um, like it's old it just doesn't but it's not yeah. yeah yeah 
it just doesn't really they don't really sell the idea of toys as well as they do when they're in the you know when the, they're the actual puppet effects yeah. the puppet effects are great so um so we should mention we didn't get to the one the heart of the story is that we follow a teenager named alan who um he's 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 played by uh who gregory gregory smith smith yep. yeah how did i forget the name smith <laughs> um <laughs> alan's played by gregory smith and he's a kind of a troubled teen you learn uh throughout the film that he kind of was had some issues uh like some rebellious phases and and he's right now where you see him is he's just trying to kind of have a redemption and he has like a strained relationship with his parents uh specifically his father kevin um, dunn yep played by kevin dunn because yep. kevin dunn only does one character and that is frustrated father <laughs> yep <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, whether it be in this movie with cgi uh toys or whether it be in transformers with cgi toys uh he will be frustrated uh and he alan alan uh takes up the opportunity he's given a responsibility to watch over his father's store which is a toy store that has old man toys and it's a small business that's failing so he gets an opportunity to uh uh he's friends with the delivery guy uh dick smith dick yep smith and dick miller dick Dick miller Miller. yeah yeah dick Dick miller use them together gregory smith yeah um but miller yeah uh and he's just like hey maybe you can give me like just a box of those toys and i'll I'll pay you back um and he gets the toys and that's that's where it starts they unbox them they activate them and then chaos uh yeah once once the commando elite or at least chip hazard no is that his name Chip, Chip Hazard. Hazard. Yeah. Chip Hazard, once, yeah. Once Chip Hazard wakes up and Archer the Gorgonite wakes up, you know, when they're activated, yeah, he goes into his programming, which is kill the Gorgonite scum. Yeah. Tommy Lee Jones. Yep. Find and destroy the Gorgonite scum. Yeah. And at this voice, point there's just the one Tommy set of them away. Effectively. Yep. Yeah, it's just the one set. Like you get the entire set. Um and then so like Alan comes back, I think. <laughs> Another Alan. echo of Gremlins about two thirds through the through the film they go and find up many of the soldiers and right have a, yeah big climax yeah. So, so but uh so yeah alan finds that his fucking store is destroyed uh and that he is now the proud owner of a bunch of cowardly monsters mm-hmm. uh and of course naturally like with Who all program to hide yes. program to hide and lose and of course naturally with these types of films it's a very much like kid meets magical creature that is naive to the world around and they'd learn from one another kind of thing as a kid it was like, like kazam <laughs> i would say better than kazam that's for sure uh yeah. but it's yeah. not too hard to be better than yeah, yeah. it's yeah. not hard at all uh there wasn't I, enough gorgonite rapping <laughs> i i actually am very grateful to this 90 film for not having a rap scene so it was late 90s, i mean so it was they, playing it was that by other it, it was doing the fucking uh needle drops with like dated oh, yeah. music but it, yeah. it went all genre so maybe they could get away yeah. with it like they did play some led zeppelin they played uh which is surprising song <laughs> yeah it's yeah surprising. was that led, led zeppelin yeah yeah they don't put their music they have never really been big on their music Licensing being music for yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. So, with Alan gets the help of his next-door neighbor love interest, uh, Christy, uh, played by Kirsten Dunst. Kirsten which, Dunst, yeah. Which is the... This is, I think, the first film I really... Like, when I, I saw her in when I was a kid. Um, then later on, it would be the Spider-Man films and so on. Uh, Interview with she, a Vampire. <laughs> yeah. I yeah, never, I never like saw that or Jumanji, kid, wasn't she? Oh, in? yeah. Never mind. Was it was Jumanji. Her? Yep, I lied. Yeah. You're right. But she, that was her, right? My, I'm not mistaken. Yep. Yep. No, it yeah. was her. Yep. She, uh, her character is pretty fun, actually. Yeah. In this, she's, yeah. She's, she does play a damsel in distress for a brief moment, but she really takes control after the fact. Like, um, yeah, I don't think she's too much of a damsel. Like, I mean, there's moments, but there's moments when you know Alan is was in a damsel in distress, so, like yeah. immediately after she was freed. In fact, Alan isn't even the one who freed her. We'll get to that point, but uh, her dad is actually yep. You you guys can cover it. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. Phil Hartman. Phil Hartman you guys... is so yeah. good in this. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's one of those guys. It's it, it was so, and you know I don't. I mean, he he died in a very kind of bizarre way, and yeah. I, yeah. Won't, I don't know much about his personal life. But he was just such a voice of the, and like constant presence in the '90s. Then to have him like totally gone was just yeah. like it just felt really wrong for a long time. And I well, and seeing Phil Hartman again and stuff, it's just like yeah. It's... Well, even for me as an eight-year-old, like I knew of what happened because i knew of phil hartman mm-hmm. from other things and then like mm-hmm. the day that the news was announced that you know he was murdered um we watched it i mean we were just horrified and especially yeah. given the circumstances which i i'm not gonna we're not gonna get into but it was nice to see him in this movie and he plays just this annoying fucking neighbor <laughs> who is a tech freak He's got his big, big state-of-the-art satellite dish in the backyard, his yep. state-of-the-art TV and stereo in the living room, and cut cuts oh, down his it. fucking neighbor's tree. And between Alan's dad and him, there's there's clear conflict. Like, yes, you can cut the tension with a knife, but um, well, you get the impression the whole neighborhood hates the guy. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah, that yeah. he has a whole More presence simple. in the neighborhood that it's shown throughout the movie but it yeah. plays some, an important role later on some burbs yeah. moments speaking of joe dante movies yep. yeah 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 phil hartman is was such a a great character actor in in the 90s you know? yeah like you said right it was, it was a real a real shock and shame when he passed mm-hmm. um but i mean it, yeah going all the way back to peewee's playhouse and saturday night live and stuff like that but i and it's a movie Simpsons, I'd like to cover in the, Simpsons. the Simpsons. Oh my god. Yeah. Troy McClure. Yeah. And he was going to um. be uh, <laughs> Zach Brannigan in Futurama. Oh, I could see that. Yep. Yeah, yeah, they uh, clearly modeled that after him. But it, I, it's a movie I'd like to review on the show at some point is the movie Greedy. Mm. Which has, whenever I hear mm. Phil Hartman's voice, I immediately hear him say a line from the movie Greedy, which totally out of context, it doesn't matter. It's Somebody describes something as shocking, and he says, "Shocking, shitting a sailboat—that's a shock. This is a fucking catastrophe." <laughs> <laughs> it just—that's the I hear it. every yeah. time I hear Phil Hartman that that line plays, and then I pay attention. <laughs> but yeah, he's phenomenal in this. Incredible. Yeah. They they and the movie ends like there's a final there's an uh, after credits um, bit where it's just a blooper with him at the end like where he de- delivers a line and just gives like kind of like a kind of type of yeah. like, sassy smile to the camera and it says for phil at the yeah. end I, yeah and i didn't realize this was his last on-screen uh performance yeah. i was enjoying watching him and everything and being like yeah i miss phil hartman and then i i just coincidentally i don't always let things run to the end and i did this time and i saw that and i was like ah i guess this was his last movie <laughs> like yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he wasn't the only actor on the, uh, this film who died as well, because uh, um, uh, who was it? One of the commando elites. Yeah. Uh, Dern. Bruce Dern, I think. No, it's not Bruce Dern. Sorry, Dern. Bruce Dern still. Yeah, Bruce, Bruce Dern replaced like, yeah. a per- replaced one of the people who died who were supposed to. Yeah, one of the original Dirty um, Dozen actors, yep. right? Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. and then there was another Dirty Dozen who died after the fact. Um, okay, yeah, and, and Ernest Borgnine, it, like Ernest Borgnine and Clint Walker, George Kennedy, Jim Brown, all of those guys would have been pretty old. Oh, so old yeah. <laughs> by this point. So, so I think they've all they're, they've all passed at this point. Um, but yeah, it's uh, Bruce Dern's still around. Yeah, thank God. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's getting still, up there too. But he's still yeah. still around. Yeah. Um, yeah. But so going on with the story, the commando elite decide uh, that in order to fucking get alan to give up the gordonites they pretty much break in and the fimple household and they drug uh the parents uh which i guess like raise some brows for some parents uh supposedly that was the scene according to wikipedia joe dante's yeah quote that was the scene that got it bumped up to pg-13 yep um and i can see why but uh what movie were they watching the dirty dozen too on the tv they they're watching i a, wouldn't be they were surprised a, i would yeah given how many yeah. easter eggs i don't know for sure i just wondered that after learning about the dirty dozen reference here mm-hmm. um but uh they go upstairs and they find a uh that christy has a their version of a barbie doll the gwendy doll 
collection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, crude humor, uh, followed by Chip going like, nope, this is the new army now. These are recruits. And then they proceed to take the corpse of Nick Nitro, uh, who died previously in a <laughs> garbage disposal accident, um, even though he's not <laughs> as fucked up as the bazooka guy, uh, Brick Again. Bazooka. Again, a a gremlin's parallel. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And they take out the chip, and they did science, because this is how microchips work. You can totally transmit technology through cupcake tins into non-motorized dolls that can now move, but you gotta suspend your belief at some point, right? Yeah. But it was fun yeah. to I mean, watch. They just also cut it into, like, how many pieces to get all those Gwendy dolls, like, up and moving? Like Yeah, and they, like, but... they're just so grotesque and shit. Um, well, to add to the long list of big-name uh, actors yep. in this movie, the Gwendy dolls are voiced by Sarah Michelle Geller and Christina, and Christina Ricci, Ricci. So... Uh, yep, and I found that yeah. out, too, with this yeah. one. I found it out right yeah. before we watched when I was looking at the cast list, and then... It, it, once you, like, round that out at the cast list, you're like, wow, what an incredible, like, I don't wow, know how to use this cast, but still, like, yeah, incredible And cast when they're doing that whole scene, res- you know, bringing the Gwendy dolls to life, uh, the music that they're playing is Bride of Frankenstein's theme. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, and it's very cool. Frankenstein-esque going on. It was really fun scene. Oh, yeah. And that's, that's the... It is. I like it a lot. That's... It's, it's moments like that that I feel like this kind of rests in... Uh, horror. I think the argument's been made yeah. many times that this is a horror film, and I think it definitely... There's there's a lot of evidence, I think, that, that it, in fact, is, and that's one of the moments, so... I agree. This but, this this is the one when the dark... It's a dark room, too, when they're doing all this shit. Yeah. And then uh, Kristen comes in, and she just gets attacked by these Gwendy dolls, uh, whipping out these puns by... Christina Ricci and Sherry Michelle <laughs> Geller uh, beating up Christian Dunst. So, K- Kirsten, Kirsten Dunst. I stop saying that. Yep. Anyways, Kirsten Dunst. Uh, and <laughs> that's where they drop the fucking Led Zeppelin needle drop. Uh, mm-hmm. Because earlier in the movie, mm-hmm. she mentioned that she's a Led Zeppelin fan. Briefly. Yep. And so we hear communication breakdown, which was awesome. Yep. <laughs> it, it's a cool scene. I mean, there, there's that it little is. bit of like a Gulliver's Travels thing when they knock her down. They're trying to tie her down and stuff, and she starts yep. fighting them off. And I mean, there's there's a lot of scenes in this movie of people fighting off tiny little robots. It's um, horrifying. It's horrifying. Yeah. It's like being attacked by squirrels or some shit. In a way, though, yeah. I, and, you know, I, I mentioned this before, how a lot of the, the puns and gags and stuff are said kind of off camera. You're not seeing an animated mouth say it. Yeah. Um, if you do, it's very... Not synced. Yeah. I, I almost think this would have been scarier without it. Yeah, like it if, could yeah. be they put some of that stuff in to lighten it up since it is that off-camera, like... The, and yeah. that's what I meant earlier when you were bringing up, like, all, like all the puns. I'm like, I, that's what you do when you want to lighten up a film for kids. Yeah. Um, I think. I, because as a kid, like I really enjoyed with, them. Play with this one and do an edit where, like, how scary can you make small soldiers? <laughs> Oh, editing God. some of the sound and editing scenes out and stuff like you could make this pretty goddamn scary so oh, yeah. it wouldn't be too yeah. hard to do because i think it's already got some elements of, of yeah. that in it yeah. So, yeah yeah these kind of little changes that they may have made kind of soften it a little bit to maybe keep it at that pg-13 again i'd love to see what was originally planned for this play out yeah uh it, yeah. it, it does kind of end up you know in a weird place i can see why the reviews were kind of all over between critics yeah. and, and, and audience because it does seem to have a hard time and, and this is clearly a, a, a post-production thing what mm. what's what level of dark are we going for here it, it kind of bounces around a bit well yeah because yeah. it, it does get to it, there's some points of silly and they've definitely interject injected some humor here and there and then there's like well the Gwendy doll scene and then there's uh scenes towards the climax or towards the end of the film when when uh, Chip Hazard is kind of like the last man standing, mm-hmm. um, and and you mentioned some of the effects and stuff, Ryan, but like yeah. some some pretty violent moments. Um, well, I mean, like, yeah, it's just a little doll stabbing somebody with knives, but still, it's like puncture wounds and like, mm-hmm. yep. like um, and it feels yeah, like some... you kind of I kind of felt it. It was like during yeah. their breakout when they break uh, when they save Kirsten Dunst and they just start 
fleeing, and that's when they fucking bring out the machines that they built, the uh, the mm-hmm. commandos. Just, little Mad Max inspired. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, fucking death machines like Made the toaster that shoots items. Yeah. The toaster that shoots out and... flaming little discs of uh, like blades, like saw blades, out and shit. And uh, and I never looked at those fucking corn holders ever the same again after seeing yeah. used as yeah. fucking like darts. <laughs> it's like, oh shit, fuck that. Well, I like would they not got a running. nail gun mounted with a propane tank, and so they're shooting nails at everybody and yeah. flaming tennis balls. Flaming and, tennis balls. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it's it's a it's very creative. I mean, the, the it is it's creative. They come, <laughs> they come up with it's uh you guys you guys are too old for this but it reminds me of a show called the kids next door that was uh, out when i was a kid and every long story short like th- these kids are like international sp- spies on not really spies but kids like have this kind of like 007 situation all their technology is handmade shit and they call it the two by four technology and i'm like that was like that kind of like gimmick was very huge in the late 90s early 2000s and anything kids related um but yeah there was a chase scene chip hazards the only survivor after an explosion uh with the you know the horror cart from hell uh and uh they think everything's safe when they come back home to their parents and find out chip got reinforcements yeah Uh, he he got the warehouse full of the rejects or the the recalls yep and recruits them all and full out war. But I wonder about what about all the other Gorgonites? Like, yeah, I don't know where they, they ended up. They're still they all get to the toy store or something. Maybe that's a deleted scene in the warehouse where they're all getting destroyed. No, oh, yeah, yeah, it could be. That that would be dark. That would make sense. So. Um, yeah, I don't yeah, want to see probably. that Holocaust like situation at all. I thought about the same thing. I never thought about it before, but I thought about it with this movie this time, yeah. this watch. And I'm like, ah. Yeah, you do see at the very end of the film, Globotech or whatever they're called, recalling all of the toys yeah. out of stores. So maybe it's, yeah. those are all the Gorgonites. Maybe no, they it, it happened. No, it, it, it happened in the middle. Actually, it happened near like the third. No, right, you, even at the yeah. at the end though too. But also, but well, I don't know. And that's I don't know. The final act is really f- fucking exciting. <laughs> like, oh yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's nostalgia yeah. or what, but like watching now the entire cast work together like now you get the parents involved and shit oh it's fucking great yeah they're the the big plan at the end is to blast them all with an electromagnetic pulse yep by overloading mm-hmm. the power supply to the house which is like yeah okay sure whatever it's, <laughs> yeah yeah i was gonna say it's silly but at the same time if you've gotten this far in the movie it's not the biggest leap that you have to take so yeah, yeah. it's fine yeah and and you see that a riding mower works pretty good too. Just yeah. running them yeah. over. Just yeah. running them over. Yeah, which uh, reminds me the the Kirsten Dunst scene when she was on the riding mower, just kind of mowing him down. It's like, oh, it's essentially the uh, uh, ending from um, Peter Jackson's film Brain Dead, only a little tamer version of the <laughs> like, tamer yes. version. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Dead yep. alive, I should say, if you've seen mm-hmm. it in this country. But yeah, yeah, it's uh, <clears throat> and the Gorgonites finally decide to stand up and fight and so they have like a brief kind of fight as a kid it was a lot longer than it actually was i was gonna say i feel like that should have happened 15 minutes sooner and you would have had a better like yeah, yeah. climax of the movie but yeah whatever yeah this is definitely heavily out of all the toys it's tommy lee jones's chip hazard that is just him being tommy lee jones essentially oh yeah he's <laughs> And I feel like he's this way all the time, but like he he gives he gives a full performance as this you know little soldier. It's a it's a pretty pretty distinct Tommy Lee Jones character, you know. So it's it yeah. is, but this watch, I I kind of wondered, you know, like yeah, he's he, I love Tommy Lee Jones. Um, I think he's a, a really phenomenal actor, and he has that very iconic voice. And I can see how yeah, that would have been a first pick here. But now I've been like watching an entire movie of Tommy Lee Jones doing like a little commando voice. I kind of have to wonder who might have done it better, because it, it wears a little bit after a while. Sure. It, yeah. It's, it's especially because it's so repetitive. 
a lot of it's like gorgonite scum gorgonite scum gorgonite scum okay i get it you don't like the guy (laughs) (laughs) but you know uh frank uh langella's archer though which i didn't realize it's funny that you mentioned that these guys are essentially like the he-mans versus yeah it's skeletor because you play skeletor (laughs) in a live action uh he-man movie um i don't know i i really liked archer like yeah. even as a kid, he was my favorite. Not yeah. just because of the design, but the temperament as well. Mm-hmm. Um, as yeah, I character. feel like Archer's supposed to be your favorite, but it's always good when they pull that off because they don't always pull off like a you know, making the the quote unquote f- hero a, your favorite character. So yeah, um, yeah, but yeah, same here. I think Archer is definitely the the favorite. I, I did yeah. think it was also really dated and uh, I should say adorably dated that mm. the way that archer kind of learns about the world is through encyclopedia <laughs> and carta yeah <laughs> which which like if you showed this to somebody now like i'm not even sure like like kids the age of the people i go to school with right now probably have no idea what encarta is like that's it's it's pretty yeah, it i don't pretty even, even i quick, don't even know after this like, i don't yeah. even know what encarta so, is it so. was it, encyclopedia and carta that was the big when, the when CD-ROM encyclopedia, yeah, oh, and that was a big yeah. deal. If you had a computer that had a CD-ROM on it and it could read CDs, yeah. well, you better get Encyclopedia Encarta because now you don't. Have usually, to have it, it all would the come books. with computers for a while there, yeah, um, too. Like as I think I've not built in because it was now. too too much data on that CD-ROM, you know. So yeah, I, but I remember, yeah, I remember having that. Like I remember them showing us that at school. Like mm-hmm. you can learn things on the computer. Wow, that's pretty cool. And now we have Wikipedia and Chat GPT, which you know yeah, we, we learn shit. We, we talk. It's kind of like the precursor of the internet by a, a few yeah. years there. Like, yeah. but and, and, I mean, not only that, know. but fucking artificial intelligence. Well, was, yeah, I was going to say since we, you know, we're we're kind of on that topic, and we talked about this a little bit before. Yeah, you know, we're living in a time right now in 2023 where AI is actually something people are really talking about and a little concerned about because it's 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 developing and the worry is that it's unbridled mm-hmm. and yeah. here's a movie that demonstrates that in a way that they predicted in 98 so it's not really accurate but there are some parallels that i think could be made especially where yeah you have this pre-programmed system between the the commando elite and the gorgonites right attack and hide are their go-to but part of ai is that you learn and you change and you also adapt to that programming to make the programming work which is what the commando elites are doing yeah and they even say it right in there like this was an ai chip like Mm -hmm. they go like artificial intelligence no actual intelligence like this thing learns this thing adapts yeah. yeah. Um but the funny thing is is like uh in the beginning of the movie like the original design of the Gorgonites were supposed to be like a learning tool for with kids like you explore yeah. these things and that was supposed like everything was scrapped but apparently in that software that was kept for the Gorgonites because that's all you see from the Gorgonites minus the hiding thing is the curiosity, the exploration. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the camaraderie, but you see them all doing it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and you see them all doing it, which is a nice touch. You see all the Gorgonites trying something or doing something or watching something with, yeah. with curiosity. But the chip, the chip in the commandos, they're military based, and this is a military chip, so it does what its original function was going to be, like mm. uh, is search and destroy, because it's supposed to be a chip for ballistic missiles, I think originally. Um, yep. like smart missiles and it's like this totally fucking makes sense because he even says it's like the problem is not with the 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 the, the hardware the chip it's with your software mm-hmm. um and so it was very like now that i'm yeah. older and you can i can catch these like tiny little bits of information and connect this web of like because the original origin of the gorgonites were what it was their software is different than the commandos which are just military have to fight there must be yeah. an enemy of some kind at any time uh, any moment and now uh, applying that to the chat gpt and what uses you apply to it it becomes what you make of it i i did think it was kind of funny that when they're talking to robert picardo the, the chip designer right mm-hmm. the, the ai chip designer um 
and and he's like, yeah, it's it's this perfect thing, and it learns, and it's actual intelligence. Well, why didn't the military use it? Well, it 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 can't withstand electromagnetic pulses. Like you mean like most electronics, <laughs> it can't. Yeah. Most computers, if you wave a, a good powered magnet over them, yeah, they stop working. Yeah. So it's it's kind like, of... they can do all that shit, but they can't do that. They can't fix that part. <laughs> Well, they said, like, yeah, they didn't want to, like, fund, like, extra shielding for these things. And all I could think is, is like, I think they would have. They probably, the I reality so. is, they would have for, a moment, like, instantly, uh, if it could do what you claim it to be able to do. Like, I don't think, and it's just like, oh, it can't withstand, like, an electromagnetic pulse. It's like, was it matter? Until it fucking, like, hits the fucking site. Like, if you put a fucking, put it in a warhead, yeah, um... I didn't really... Uh, that was kind of weak for me. Like, as a kid, I'm like, oh, yeah, that totally makes sense because I don't fucking know shit as a kid. But now I'm just like, this... This is kind of a loose reason. I know it doesn't really matter, but, I mean, it does because it comes up later that you got to put your teenage son up there with some dishwashing gloves to put her fucking wrench between two Transformers because that's... Yep, the gloves are going <laughs> to save you. Yeah. 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 But I mean, like it, I said, there's it, many moments where our suspension of disbelief is challenged. It's uh, many, and that's okay. Yeah. That's fine. It's, it's just... in this movie. It's okay. It doesn't ever yeah. seem to, because I think you've already stretched it pretty far to to, to buy into the premise. So yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, no, you can definitely tell that with the way this film was marketed, um, and you know the merchandising that came out for it, the video games that came out for it. Um, this was intended to be a a, a franchise. Yeah, uh, I know Joe Dante has has said so in interviews that he he thinks the studio was was trying to do that. I I would tend to agree. Uh, there's even a line at the end when uh you know the uh Dennis Leary's character shows back up during the aftermath of everything after they you know zap mm-hmm. all the all the commando elites and he makes a comment, you know, when to Jay Moore, who's like, I'm really sorry. I take full responsibility for this. Cause I took the chips and put them in there. And he just says, yeah, well, I want you to report to this military portion. Cause I think they're, you know, we got some South American blah, blah, blah. We're trying to deal with. And, you know, they're going to oh, love yeah. playing with these things. It definitely could, the way it's shot, it, that could have set it up for a sequel. And yeah. you could, this could have worked as a, a TV show. This could have, well, might have worked better, in a way, as, yeah. as something more more serialized. Well, there was a there was a canceled remake where it was gonna. Yeah. Uh, it was before 20th Century Fox was bought out by Disney, uh, and was gonna be called Toy Mageddon. And then mm-hmm. after after the buyout and it was and and the cancellation, like it was like yeah, it was gonna be a remake of Small Soldiers, <laughs> like. Well, and, and we'll see more films like this, yeah. I'm sure, especially now that AI is being discussed again. You know, we'll we'll be probably seeing more more toys run amok kind of things. You know. Yeah, I mean, yep. um, just just recently we saw, had the film um, Megan, which I didn't see. I think you said mm-hmm. you'd seen Joe, but um, yep, yeah. So some some, I mean, probably not the same type of movie, but definitely has some similarities. Well, there. yeah, and I mentioned the remake of Child's Play as well. Oh yeah, oh, right. with yep. Mark Hamill. Yeah, that was a very much different. <laughs> yeah, as Chucky. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That that took all supernatural elements out pretty much, and it was all you know AI digital kind of a thing, which, which really changed the story there. Um, and and the same right. thing, even with Gremlins. Gremlins, I wouldn't call supernatural. That was more like, I don't know, cryptozoological. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's right. some kind of little creatures. There's nothing really supernatural or magic about them. I mean, there's it's a, a mysticism. Monst- it's a monster movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it's one of those that leans into it's the Eastern mysticism, right? Situation. So it's, it's right. you know these little yep. creatures from somewhere else that we don't know about. Yeah. And in this case, it's very technological. And I I think we're gonna. You're right. Megan was a, a big one. There's a reason they remade Child's Play the way that they did. Because this is a new kind of element of horror. So in a way, Small Soldiers is a bit ahead of its time. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. They still mm-hmm. really marketed this one at kids. And I'm not complaining about that. You know, again. Neither I, am I. I grew up with toys <laughs> based on movies. Oh, well, Jurassic Park was PG-13. Yep. You know. Yeah. Saw that too. First movie um, I ever saw in theaters. <laughs> you know. We all watched Empire Strikes Back and watched somebody get their hand cut off. 
So right. we get smacked yeah. in the face with a fuck by a wampa. That, we that are not okay. Still, no, um, the kids are not okay. So, but <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I mean, I it's it's hard to separate the Gremlins comparisons with with this, not just because it's Joe Dante, but just because of the themes of it anyway. It's weird. Yeah. This well, this movie it's, it's, is my Gremlins, though. That's what's well, funny. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes total yeah. sense. Because yeah. I didn't really I think get to see the other ones very much. And it's not only... In, in, hopefully I'm not repeating myself too much. I don't remember if I got all the way to this point earlier. But um, <laughs> it's not even just that it's similar to Gremlins premise-wise. The movie's even structured yeah. similarly. Yes. Uh, there's, you know, the the early part where it introduces the relationship between the, you know, the two lead kids, and then, I mean, all the way down to what we were talking about with the recruiting the uh, other small, the other commando elite from the store, like that mirrors the the scene where Spike goes and jumps into the swimming pool and creates all the other gremlins. I mean, yeah. and they, there's a similar scene of them all marching in, and it's just like uh, there's a barricade type situation with all these gremlins and. Um, gremlins commandably interchangeable but yeah so yeah. so like they essentially it, it is the same movie in a lot of ways but i don't know and normally i'd get annoyed with that but i didn't really get annoyed with that here i think it was it didn't feel as it didn't feel derivative it felt more like the echo was intentional like joe dante knew what he was doing i don't know it's just uh yeah 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 it's yeah, and I see how this, I mean, this very much is Gremlins again, so it could be your Gremlins, because I think it's got a lot, even thematically, it's the same, it's, you know, don't mess with <laughs> things you don't understand, kind of, essentially, is the idea. Yeah. So. I will say, I I think we're going to start leading into final thoughts here, but uh, I have a, I kind of have a final thought to share, and it kind of hit me when you were talking about this. Um I find it fat like for a pl- premise of a movie where you have toys that pretty much essentially play with themselves. Great for a movie because it opens up into that message. Practicality wise, like how fucking boring for a kid. It's like, okay, cool. Yeah. I got like miniature Shakespeare in the park. <laughs> um, yeah. No imagination required. But then again, je- uh, fucking art. AI and stuff. I'm like, what am I talking about? Of course, we're robbing <laughs> humans' mm-hmm. capabilities for creativity at this point. But I mean, human humans are always going to human. But um, mm-hmm. I don't. Do you guys have any final thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess final thoughts. I can go into a grade too. I guess um, if you want to. Yep, go nuts. Yeah, I again, I I, I liked. I like movies like this, you know, like little creatures attacking things. As a kid, the idea of toys coming to life would have scared the shit out of me. Um, Same. Still does for me. But in the case of where it's like they're not coming to life because of something bizarre and magical, it's it's computerized thing. Yeah. That's, I don't know, that doesn't, that never bothered me as much as a kid, but we're seeing more of it now, so I'm older anyway. Um, (laughs) But no, I really enjoyed this one when it first came out, and I do think it is a, a clever concept of you know we we always had good guys and bad guys when you played with your action figures well what if what if you saw things from their other perspective and it's all about the programming it, it, it's mm-hmm. I, there's parts of this movie i think are too smart for the product that came out like some of the yeah. concepts and then it feels like that's balanced with kind of corny puns and voiceover <laughs> yet at the same time i really like most of the voice cast in this. Um, I love the designs of the Gorgonites. I'm not a big fan of most of their voiceover work. Commando Elite, voiceover work's really good. I just hate what they're saying. Um, Or I shouldn't say hate, but, you know, it's just like got annoyed with it. So it's kind of a mixed bag. And that seems to go along with the general themes of the movie, which balance between being super dark and bordering on horror, I agree, to kind of typical cheesy 90s popcorn film so it, it's kind of a mixed bag overall it, it almost leans into the gremlins too much there's a lot of gremlins references and like i said almost almost to a fault um i know it's natural i know it's the same director and i love joe dante i love how he always makes these movies that are bordering on the edge of inappropriate family movies you know yeah everything is kind of up to the edge gremlins is another one it it's a family movie but it's really fucked up um 
And so I, it's not my favorite Dante movie, and I like a lot of his movies, but it's I don't think it's like my it's it's not bad. So I'm actually going to go with a B minus on this okay. one. It's 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 worth a watch every couple of years, but I'm noticing every time I watch it, I like it a little bit less. Mm. But it's still pretty good. Yeah. What about you, Eric? Yeah, my my experience is a little different because I remember seeing this, and I I didn't answer this whole question all the way earlier either. But um, when I actually saw this movie, uh, I was a little older, and because I didn't see it right when it came out, so I was probably an older teen by the time I actually sat down and watched it. And I don't remember caring for it a whole lot, and I actually don't remember it really sticking in my memory. I saw it then subsequently years later and enjoyed it more. I feel like I enjoyed it even more this time around. Um, it's not perfect. It it does have some like, like like Joe said. It's got some inconsistencies. I having read what I've read about it now, um, Wikipedia or whatever. If all of that is true, um, then obviously it, it was the victim of a lot of tampering uh, in the in the post production process. So that's probably to blame for a lot of that. But you know, movie is what it is. Yeah. Uh, there's some unsteadiness, but I do really like the premise, and I think in general. Uh, most of what they do with the the effects and like the monster like using that these toys is kind of a uh, the monster of the film works and um, yeah it's it's generally a really a pretty likable movie and I don't know yeah I had I had fun watching it it's uh, I don't think it's an A movie by far it's got it's got too many flaws but it's definitely something that I probably should have given a a better a better chance to i just didn't see it at the right time in my life i don't think so um yeah i probably land right around the same place i think i'd give it like a b um yeah. a totally enjoyable watch i think it might be a little dated like if you you know for young yeah. people now but um no it's fun it's also got just just an incredible deep cast <laughs> yeah um which is it's great to see everybody everybody in this cast together so um yeah yeah, I don't know. It's a fun one. And, um, yeah, I would recommend it if you haven't seen it. Especially especially if you grew up in the 90s and missed this one somehow. Hmm. I would check it out. So, Yeah, I... Naturally, I grew up with this. This, Like I said before, this I would say this was my Gremlins. Um, and I loved it so much. Uh, now, this is the first time I think I've watched it since... Fuck, maybe since I was a like a younger teen, I I can't remember quite the last time I saw it before this, but it's been such a long time. But again, it's one of those movies that I watch so frequently that like I know everything that's gonna happen when it happens. Like it becomes instinctual at this point. Uh, and now watching this in my thirties as a uh, movie reviewer. <laughs> um, can't deny that like some of the things it's like like you guys were pointing out like yep certain elements of this are pretty dated uh it's pun heavy um some of the graphical feats like though not bad but by today's standards obvious um and definitely goes against uh the puppetry because they tried to fuse the two but it's not at that point in movies where it's a perfect blend fucking studio when you find out like the studio has interfered with it that that hits too however uh and this may be mainly my nostalgia talking this movie is so fucking fun uh and it is one of those movies that i you if you are one of those uh millennial parents uh now that you could probably get away with watching this with maybe an eight year old or a 10 year old uh and try to see if they would get into horror films without this being too much of a horror film because i think i think that's this is like a good gateway movie as well as uh sharing uh like an element of childhood for me specifically more so than anything else uh it's still i still laughed at the puns just as much as i did <laughs> as a kid uh i still admired like all the practical effects uh the characters are not like overly annoying really or, or if they are it's kind of intentional or it's kind of cliched um but god I, I can't help but love it um and maybe there's some kind of like another cultural subtext you could read into it about being like 
a right-leaning militarized mindset who refuses to see change and always wants to seek out something to uh, blame and attack as your only means of life. But we don't go that deep here in this podcast. Uh, so my my final grade is honestly it's probably a B plus. Like the critic in me says B plus, and that's going to be the final grade. But inside, it's I I still think it's fun and, and for the inner. Uh, nostalgic child in me it's an a minus but it's it's a b plus as a critic on this show so um so yeah that was that was small soldiers everybody uh we do recommend it clearly given our 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 grades uh i just don't think it's going to change your life philosophically it's just going to be a fun movie to watch with the family so take it away joe now we would love to hear any of your thoughts on small soldiers um do you remember this one? Do you have a different experience with it? And what are your thoughts on perhaps how it compares to what we see happening today with AI? I don't know. Conversation point. Uh, please feel free to send me those questions, comments, criticisms, or witticisms to the Video Junkyard Podcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter at Video Junk Pod and our main Video Junkyard Podcast uh, Facebook and Instagram pages. If you write it, we'll read it, and we look forward to hearing from you. And we'll hope you hope you come back and join us for and more reviews here on the Video Junkyard Podcast. Got great stuff coming up in the next few weeks. Uh, we're going to be watching Pitch Black, Crocodile Dundee, Ace Ventura When Nature Calls, The Relic, and uh, Dog Eat Dog is what we fill in out the schedule right now. Obviously, more great stuff to come after that as well. So hope you keep coming back and joining us here on the podcast. And uh, yeah, hope you're enjoying what you hear. And we hope you will join us again next time. And please feel free to share it around. And until then... I'm Joe Peterson. I'm Eric Branson. And I'm Ryan Seiskel saying... We can make missiles that can hunt down one unlucky bastard 7,000 miles away and stick a nuclear warhead right up his ass. I don't think we're going to have a problem with this. I doubt even the toy industry has become quite that competitive. You have been listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for dinner. You just can't let them go? Go! Stay on the road. Keep clear to the moors. We want to take this opportunity to thank you for listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast and remind you to find us on social media on Facebook at facebook.com slash video junkyard podcast, on Twitter at video junk pod, and on Instagram as video junkyard podcast, all one word. I want to thank you again for listening and keep digging. Who knows what treasures you'll find in the video junkyard.